I came here to exalt him tonight. I came here to give him all of my praise. Why don't we stand one more time and give the Lord some praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All we want in this house is Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Miracles, signs, and wonders. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Oh, God, we want a divine revelation to come into our hearts tonight. Let this be a night of revelatory blessings from the word of the Lord. Oh, my God, I praise you for what I feel in my soul tonight, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. This is a church of prayer. This is a church of, of worship, Lord. We give you all the praise. We give you all the honor and all the glory. Oh, God, we thank you for our Pastor David and Sister Amy tonight, Lord. Thank you, dear Lord, for Bishop and his wife and Brother Richie, Lord. I pray tonight for there to be a great unity, dear Lord. And as we face a divided world, let there be a unified church. Let hell wake up every morning and declare there is nothing I can do in that church to divide it. Nothing I can do to separate them. They love each other. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. My Lord, I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I know we can't hug necks and, and uh, shake hands, but we can wave at one another and tell each other I love you. Wave at everybody across there, will you? Love you. Let love flow here tonight. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm reading from First <clears throat> Samuel chapter 16. I'm so happy my sweet wife is here with me tonight. Jerry Ann. Amen. We're looking forward to being back with you Sunday night. Be here Sunday morning to hear our pastor preach. It's going to be great. In the uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16, when Samuel was uh, sent by the Lord to choose for a king since God had rejected Saul, he said as he was uh, in the house of Jesse and looking over all of his sons and he checked out Eliab, and he said, surely, this, this boy, this boy's got the gait of a king. He's got the walk of a king. He's got the, the stature of a king. And surely, the Lord's anointed is before him. And then, verse 7, God informed Samuel, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. 
Then they went down through the other sons, and God helped him choose David. And then I'd like for you to uh, think with me tonight on the subject, the camouflaged church, camouflaged Christ. And in a few minutes, God could literally give every one of us a Bethel experience with the ladder to heaven. God could give us a Mount Sinai experience. God could give us a Isle of Patmos revelation. We're living in a day of revelatory life. We are in contact with God. We walk with God. And everybody say amen. amen. And so tonight I'd like you to, to help me as I try to convey a few thoughts for just a few moments. And God bless you. You may be seated. I had a friend that gave me a book entitled Einstein, and on page 386 of that book, Einstein had been interviewed by George Sylvester Weirich, who was a very famous interviewer. And when he interviewed Einstein, he began by asking him, Questions. He said, Mr. Einstein, are you a German or a Jew? He said, it's, it's possible to be both. But then he said, we Jews have too eager, have been too eager to sacrifice our idiosyncrasies in order to conform. To what extent are you influenced by Christianity? He said, as a child, I received instruction in the Bible and in the Talmud, and I am a Jew. But I'm enthralled by the luminous figure of the Nazarene. These are the words of Einstein. He said, do you historically believe in the existence of Jesus? He said, unquestionably. No one can read the Gospels without feeling the actual presence of Jesus. No personality pulsates in every word. His personality pulsates. No myth is filled with such life. Do you believe in God? Mr. Byrick asked. I am not an atheist. At some point in time, all of us have to come to a conclusion. That conclusion is that there is more to God than I have discovered. There's more to Jesus than I understand. 
Because Jesus Christ is the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. That's more than words. That's more than just a thought pattern. That is a revelation of the deity of Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians 2 and 14, we have another introductory verse of scripture that I believe will excite our interest. In verse 16, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Verse 14, he said, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. The natural man does not perceive of the realities of, of God. I've been studying a little bit of the universe and how massive it is. 600 billion light years it is estimated to be the distance between the east and the west. And our globe spinning at 1,000 miles per hour. What a mysterious, great, almighty God that we serve. And all of us are going back to God. You, you, may, you may have subtracted yourself from that thought pattern, but it's still a reality that when you live, and I talked to a dying preacher today, a blessed man of God of great character and administration, and I think I spoke to him. I've been his best buddy for 50 years. I think I spoke my last words to him as he whispered in the phone, Ronnie, I love you. But my friend is just knocking on eternity's door. Our great brother, Irvin Baxter, walked through those gates yesterday. And so many of our great preachers But we are all going back to God. And so life can be, we can be so absorbed in living that we never come to a revelation of what real life is. Real life is, I am a soul that will never die. And I am going back to God that gave me my eternal soul. And the greatest treasure I have is my soul. And if I lose, gain the whole world and lose my soul, what have I profited? And so your soul, to get a revelation, and I, I, I wrote this to myself the other day, to get a revelation of the eternality of my soul is the greatest revelation that I can have as I journey to the face of God through my relationship with Jesus Christ. I want a revelation that I am an eternal being, not just here 
trying to live and make investments and survive and, 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 and survive. And so he said, it is not, you don't see things like I see things. And my wife and I teach marriage seminars and we, we, we teach one on, on uh, love and respect and, and, and how that a man sees through blue sunglasses and we big old blue sunglasses and she has great big pink sunglasses we don't all see the same thing I certainly don't see everything my wife sees wish I could hallelujah if I could see what my wife sees through her pink sunglasses I I could be I could be a great but mine are blue and so Everything that God made was good. But everything that man has made has turned out not so good. And when God said in the beginning, I created the heavens and the earth, and it was good. Light was good, ferment was good, water, grass, sun, moon, all of that was good. Fowls, cattle, man, it was good. But then man became very corrupt and the earth was full of violence. And God told man to do something that was very seemingly nonsensical. That almost nobody could figure out but himself and his three sons and all of their wives eight people they're the only eight people that could figure out the importance of that boat now I, I've, I've been a boat person all my life my dad's always had a, had a boat and I've always liked boats. We live in Galveston, and one of the reasons I'm attracted to Galveston, we bought a home in Galveston, is I like ships. And I can see 51 ships come and go in the Houston ship channel there at Galveston. And I mean, I I just enjoy watching yachts and ships. I've owned a few little boats. And I I, I had one little boat that I bought for $2,000, a little 28-foot looked like a little yacht. It was so cute, but it was rotten. It, it was more fun, but it was rotten. And, and uh, I got my money out of it, I guarantee you. I had it about a year and a half before it sank, and I mean, I, I, had, I had fun with that boat. But the boat that God told Noah to build, that has got to be the ugliest boat. Now, I've been on cruise ships. I've been on the finest of cruise ships in the world. We've been on several with Brother Tenney and Brother Rodenbush and and Brother Jackson. We've had some cruises that's been so much fun. But the cruise boat that Noah had was not a pretty boat. It was absolutely the ugliest boat that man has ever built. And he had to dob it with 
Now, I painted my little boats. I've had so much fun painting boats. <laughs> I had a guy gave me a 35-foot, 34-foot yacht and, and several years ago, and I tried to get that boat going. But I had finally I got one engine going, and I had a five-gallon can of gas and a hose to the engine, and I, I was going to see how... how how much gas it used. It sat in harbor. It didn't, it was just idling. Not two engines, one engine. And that stupid boat ate five gallons of gas in 15 minutes. I said, bye-bye, red boat. <laughs> it was red. <laughs> but the boat that Noah built was the, it was so ugly. Can you imagine dobbing it with tar? And, and, and you get inside it and you, you just have to, Pull your feet every time because it was tar everywhere and it stunk like tar. It looked like tar. And every leaf that was in its vicinity, would, the wind would blow it up and it'd stick to the, uh, imagine the old newspapers and, uh, and, and leaves and, and palm leaves, all kind of junk glued to the side of that boat. And I, I spent some good money on p- paint for boats. But that boat had a tar baby. I mean, it was a tar ship. And you look at that boat and, and, and everybody that would come by, come help me get on the boat. Come help me build the boat. Come help me build the boat. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. Never had, but it's going to rain. And everybody said, that does not make sense. It was a... It was a boat in disguise. It was a camouflage Ark of the Covenant. It was a camouflage ship of Zion. And nobody hardly could figure it out. It just, all the headlines in the newspaper all around. Stupid man building a boat up in the mountains. Stupid man. Crazy man. And and you look at that boat and there's no way you could figure out what is he going to do with that boat? Where is he going to go fishing with that boat? I told Terry Pugh out in Odessa, Texas. Thank you. I, I, I said, Terry, I've never seen so many boats in the desert in my life. There are boats all over Odessa. And, and, uh, and I, I mean, it's a dried up place. That's a dried up town. I'm not knocking it. It's just dried up. He said, oh, Brother Ronnie, we're in the middle of, of lakes. 200 miles to the east, there's a lake. 200 miles to the west, there's a lake. 200 miles to the north, there's a lake. And see, we're right in the middle of the lake. What are you going to do with that boat? Well, you know, God doesn't look at that boat like man looks at that boat. Because when God saw that boat, and he saw Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth in that boat, he, it, it, it was a camouflage.
told Moses to build a tabernacle, a tent, out of badger skin. And that badger skin tent, on a damp day, smelled like a taxidermy shop. Maybe a chicken slaughterhouse. It had a horrible smell. And that, that little old tent, and I have been to Israel a few times, and I know those nomadic tents, they just look so obsolete. And I, I look at my little house, I look at that tent, and I scratch my head. But to really get an understanding of that tabernacle, it might have looked like the stupidest church building you've ever seen built. Because I have, I have preached like a Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. I know the sound men are going to be so frustrated. Man looks on the outward. Come on, everybody. Man looks on the outward. It, it, it's so hard to be in a world that's so focused on eat, drink, and be merry. 
Live your life to the fullest. Because tomorrow you may die. And we are pushed and shoved into a carnal mentality constantly. And to come into church and realize there's more than just new chairs sitting here. More than just new carpets sitting here. There is a God Almighty that's in this house. Where two or three are gathered together in his name. He's in their midst. But if you don't have a revelation of it, you will not understand it. You will not understand it. The ark, the ugliest boat that man ever built. But the most beautiful boat ever built. Because in that boat was the Shekinah glory of God. And the entire future heritage of Jesus Christ. Oh God, anoint my mind. (laughs) I'm so tired of people demeaning the church. People looking down at the church. Somebody asked the new Supreme Court Justice Amy said, uh, uh, do you speak in tongues? She said, yes. They said, well, do it. She said, well, let me ask you a question. Do you have babies? And the woman said, yes. She said, well, have one. Have one. She said, it's a gift. Your baby's a gift. Speaking in tongues is a gift. Come on, everybody. But there are people that think just because we speak in tongues, we're a bunch of blabbering people. Folks, we are not blabbering people. We know in whom we have believed. We know that we know that we know that when we repented of our sins in Jesus' name and he forgave our sins and we were baptized in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in the blood and the water of Jesus Christ, our sins were remitted. It's more than just a religious dogma. It is a revelation of the salvation. The only way your soul can be saved is to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody shout hallelujah. Jesus Christ. He came into his own, but his own received him not. He was God in flesh, walking among them. And there were those that called him Beelzebub. There were those that called him a wine-bibber. There were those that called him a farce. But no matter what you said about him, he still developed a kingdom, established an eternal church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against, and taught a doctrine that has its roots all the way back through the tabernacle, through the ark, 
through the garden to the very gates of heaven. And our Jesus came here. He came into his own and healed, it is a praise, three million people one-on-one, face-to-face. And his apostles saw him do it. They saw him call Lazarus from the dead. The power of resurrection that triggered the crucifixion was the resurrection of Lazarus. When he resurrected Lazarus, the crucifixion began. Herod probably thought, my God, if he can, if he can raise the dead, he can go out to the graveyard and, and all of my enemies are out there buried. And I've got a new war on my hands. And I, I, I can't let this man live. I've got to kill him because he, he had caused me more problems than I could ever dream of. He came among them, healing, blessing, feeding, establishing. But they could not figure him out. You say, you're God. Where is your throne? You say, you're king. Where's your capital? You say... That you are prince, where is your army? Where is your secret service? Where are your servants that feed you? You come here as a king, but the Bible says that he, he chose the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He did not come here and, and, and just give everybody a revelation he gave them an opportunity to get a revelation come on he's not going to make you believe because he healed the sick and raised the dead and and, and cured all the lepers he's not going to make you believe he's the son of God he's not going to make you believe that he is your only savior he's going to do enough in front of you to give you an opportunity to believe because You choose your own deception, but you don't choose your own delusion. And so he healed. Twelve men followed him around. And and he had a secretary and he had he had his officers and he 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 trained them to, to preach. He trained them to heal. He gave them power over unclean spirits, gave them power to heal the sick and raise the dead. And they still did not believe him. When he went to the cross, they were way out in the distance afar off. And Peter denied he even knew him three times. How could the apostle Peter that saw so many millions of miracles ever say, I don't even know him? Y'all okay? And when he came back from the dead and walked into that prayer room, And Thomas said, I won't believe it's him. I am not going to believe him. I am not. I've been with him. I've watched all these miracles. But I am not going to believe. Y'all okay? Until he put his hand in his side. And when he put his hand in his side, he said, my Lord and my God. 
Jesus was the camouflaged Christ. That they could not understand him. They could not believe him. And he said, he said to Simon Peter, he said, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to interview you. What are men saying that I am? What are, what are they preaching about me? Oh, some Jeremiah, some Elias. Who do you say I am, son? Said Simon. Simon said, Jesus, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, blessed art thou, Simon. My daddy's been talking to you. Because no man knows the father save the son. And to whomsoever he will reveal him. And I'm praying tonight for God to give every one of us a fresh revelation of the oneness of the Godhead. When Pastor David is preaching on the oneness, come alive. Come alive. Because that's the foundational doctrine of the whole universe. Hear, O lives of the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. But if you don't have a revelation of who he is, you, you'll be there helping them crucify him. How many people did Jesus say, hey, hey, ma'am, you, 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 were, you were blind and I, I went by the other day and I healed you. And gave you eyes so you could see to come watch me die. Hey, sirs, I, you were lepers and I healed every one of you. And you're here crucifying me. Without a revelation, we never comprehend the depth of his love. The eternality of our soul. And somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Would you raise your hand right now and say, Lord, I want a fresh revelation. I don't want there to be any disguise. Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to know in whom I have believed. I want to know in whom I have believed. Oh, hakasha Hallelujah. Every time I read the Bible, I feel the presence of God. Every time I say his name, I feel him. Man doesn't feel him. The natural man, the worldly man, but the church of the living God. We know in whom we have believed. We come to church. And we're so thrilled at all the new decor. But that's not what it's all about. A man brought a friend to hear D.L. Moody preach in Chicago. And whenever he, he left, we were walking down the street. And he said to his friend that went with him, he said, Hey, uh, how, how did you like Moody? He said, who? Moody. I, I don't know about that Moody. He said, I'm not interested. I, I, I just want that Jesus he was talking about. 
If we get a revelation that every time we come together in Jesus' name, two or three, he's right there, he's right there, he's right there. He's the one we're talking about. He's the one we're preaching about. It takes a spiritual mind. Don't look at the natural thing. Don't look at the old ark. Look at what's in that ark. Don't look at that old tabernacle. Look at that Shekinah glory over that tabernacle. When the glory of the Lord appeared, oh, there was a a holy fire that fell on that altar. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Jesus Christ was the most beautiful, ugly man you'll ever meet. Because Isaiah said there was no beauty that we should desire him. He was marred more than any man. When they plucked his brow and crammed that crown of thorns on his head, don't you know it disfigured his whole facial features? All the scars about Jesus. But I tell you, I love the book that our general superintendent wrote on the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Makes me cry just to read the title of that book. The glory of God in that face that was marred, that was slapped, that was bathed in spittle and blood. That face shines like the sun in its strength. If you ever, come on everybody. If you ever see Jesus, <coughs> if you ever see Jesus, you're going to see him as a light of the world. The light of the whole universe. Lord, I wish you'd take off your disguise here tonight. I wish you'd take off your camouflage tonight. I wish somebody could touch the hem of your garment tonight, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. I wish somebody could feel your nail-scarred hands. Thank you, Brother Rich. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, God. We want to see you like you are. You're the fullness of the Godhead bodily. There is no other body in the, in the, in the Godhead than your body. Oh, in Him dwells the fullness. God is in Him. He is God. God in Him. Him in God. Father is in the Son. The Son is in the Father. The Holy Ghost dwelt in Him and did all the miracles. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. And when we come to church, he takes off his camouflage. He's just right here. He's right here as he is. Healing. Blessing. Has anybody touched him today in prayer? (laughs) Has anybody touched him in prayer today? Glory to God. Glory to God. I want to close with one more simple thought. The camouflage church. People come to church and they're just looking for a denomination or, you know, 
I like this church because it's right in the area of my home. I, I like this church because they keep the air conditioning just at a perfect status. I had a family came in my office one time and said, we're going to leave. I said, why? Well, you keep it so cold in here in this church, I'm going to be like frozen beef if I keep coming to this church. Okay, okay. That's all you come for is to take a nap. Come to relax and say, hi, I'm here. Check it off. Oh, no. The church. Here's what the world sees about the church. Said, uh, Paul said, we are a spectacle unto the world. Spectacle. We're off scouring. We're, we're filthier to the world than the grease that they want, that they throw away at Kentucky Fried Chicken. Off scouring. We had four teenagers get the Holy Ghost in our, in our church, and, and one of them's mother, they, they were cheerleaders. One cheerleader won three, and so we had four. And and one girl, she got so on fire for God and went home, told her mother that had, she was a denominational lady. But she, she called me and said, Preacher, I'd rather my little girl be hooked on crack cocaine than be a member of that church. I shook. I said, Oh, my God. She has no revelation. She has no understanding. The, the competitive religious world has put the church to a disadvantage. But the real church is standing up. We're alive. We're healthy. We don't see ourselves as the off-scouring of the earth. We don't see ourselves as a spectacle to the world. We are not fools for Christ. Come on, everybody. We'd rather the reproach of Christ than all the riches of the world. Because we, we see what man doesn't see. When we pray, we don't see what others see. Hallelujah. Have you ever seen a good-looking, handsome, tall man married to a lady that He's pretty. Pretty to him. You know, God fell in love with Gomer. God fell in love with Gomer. The dirtiest woman in the world. You can make fun of God if you want to, but if Gomer's pretty to God, it doesn't matter what you think. I worked in a western wear store one time, and, and uh, I heard this country western music. I'd never, I was trying to start a church in Houston, and I needed a job, so I, uh, I went to work at a country western store, and uh, I, I heard music. My daddy called me one day, and I said, Daddy, I'm going to hell. I am going to hell. I have lost it. <laughs> I'm hearing songs like, loving two women is like the ball and chain. The pleasure's not worth the I mean, oh my God, all I knew, 
I did not know rock and roll. I knew rock of ages, but I didn't know rock and roll. But I did hear one song that I really did like. Y'all please forgive me, okay? <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, that's my baby. No, sir. I don't mean maybe. Yes, sir. That's my baby now. If she's pretty to me, I don't care what you think about my gorgeous hunk of woman. That's my girl. And to the world, we don't fit the Paris modeling design. We are not Milan or New York. We are heavenly creatures walking this planet. Our citizenship is in heaven. And God doesn't see you like the world sees you. He went to the cross to purchase you. He wants you to be redeemed. He wants you to be his wife in heaven forever and ever. Can we stand and give God some glory right now? Oh, how we love you, Lord. Give me a revelation of the church as the bride of Christ. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. We know in whom we have believed. We know in whom we have believed. We walk with him. We talk with him. When we read the Bible, we hear the voice of God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be, come on, let's cry out to the Lord. Someone can receive the Holy Ghost right now. This is the kind of service that people can receive healing in their bodies. You can be healed. Hallelujah. 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 Let's give him all the praise. All the praise. We know that we know that we know. 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 In whom we have believed. Hallelujah. Oh God, we don't care what man says. We're not intimidated by the world. I said we're not intimidated by the world. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Someone run down here and receive the Holy Ghost. People will pray with you. People will lay their hands on you. People will worship God around you. This is a good moment to receive the Holy Ghost. So just receive it right where you are. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins right now. Lord, I repent of my sins. It just takes a second to get things right with God. It just takes a second to make things right with God. Hallelujah. The thief on the cross said, remember me. And Jesus said, son, you don't know what just happened, but it just took me a split second. I went to heaven 
I went to hell and I saw your name on the cell in hell. And I took your name off a cell in hell and I wrote it in the land book of life. And today you're going to be in paradise. Today you're going to have a mansion forever. It just takes a second to make things right with God. Just cry out to God. Come on, right now in Jesus' name. Remember me, Lord. I'm a sinner and I need your salvation, Lord. Save me from this underworld generation, Lord. Give me a revelation about the church, Lord. That is not the off-scouring of the world. It's not the reproach of Christ. It is the royal priesthood, the holy nation. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Can we lift our hands and praise him? Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Just... Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's pray right now for God will give us a new revelation, a hallelujah, of who He is. Amen. God, we thank You, Lord, hallelujah, that You're on the throne. And God, open up our understanding, oh God. Help us to realize who You are and who the church is, oh God. We love You, Lord. We thank You, God, for this message tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We need you, oh God. Lord Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let us be the light, oh Lord, in this end time. We pray, hallelujah. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Let the power of your presence, oh God, go with each and every one of us, oh Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, we love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory and honor and praises. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Praise God, praise God. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gidros, for that word tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Praise God. Well, does anybody need a healing in here tonight? I just feel like saying this. You need a healing in your body, just raise your hand. Amen. Praise the Lord. There's a couple here. Amen. If you're out there and if you feel comfortable, go over to that individual. Just lay your hands on them. And let's pray that the... Spirit of healing will just move in this place tonight. Do you believe God's able? I said, do you believe God's able? Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, uh, let our faith arise, O oh Lord, to believe in you. God, you're able to do all things. We're nothing without your touch, Lord. Uh, God, let the power of your presence, O oh Lord, move in this place, O oh God. Hallelujah. We plead the blood of Calvary tonight. Jesus, for it's by your stripes we were healed. Uh, we thank you, Jesus, that the work's already done. Uh, we just come before you tonight and believe in you, O oh Lord. Uh, hallelujah. For the miraculous, you are great, O oh Lord, and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, O oh God, hallelujah, Jesus. 
We believe in you. We trust in you, Lord, tonight. God, we love you. God, we need you, O Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Reveal yourself, O God, unto your church. Hallelujah. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, mighty God, mighty God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Oh, such a powerful presence of the Lord here. Amen. God bless you for being in the house of the Lord tonight. You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord. Amen. God bless you.